You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is the 7th of July, 2014. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Um, it is a uh, yeah, it's a great day. I've really enjoyed it so far, and uh, I'm meeting with your uh, your friend of mine, Mr. Mark Johnson, um, after the show for uh, for a quick coffee. So hey, it's just going to get better. Brilliant. Uh, for uh, listeners who uh, weren't aware, I was in Victoria a couple of weeks ago. Got to spend some time with Mr. Mark Johnson, and that was excellent. Um, yeah, that was wonderful to see him. I hope he's listening right now. If he is. Hey, Mark, enjoy your coffee with Dave later. <laughs> now, if uh, either you or Mark, when you're having coffee later, bring your laptops with you. You might run into, well, yeah, actually, you probably won't even know what's happening. If Google's watching you through your machine, don't worry about it. You probably wouldn't know what was happening anyway. According to uh, the uh, UK Sun, Google is um, purchasing a French firm called Moodstocks, which utilizes, well, you know, cameras either on top of your desktop or stuffed into your laptop and probably the camera on your mobile device to, um, well, take a look at who's using it and determine who they are using facial recognition. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see why they want to do this, but like, um, I mean, wow. Like, do you, do it, you've seen this article, Dave. Am I reading this correctly? And if I am, can I take it seriously? Yeah. I mean, judging from, and I, I had a chance, obviously it's, it's new news, but, um, so, you know, not super deep research, but I did have a chance to look a little bit at, uh, at the companies and, and well, obviously, you know, Google, but, um, you know, look at the actual technology that they're purchasing within the context of what I could do in, in just a few minutes here. Um, so anybody's welcome to look it up and disagree with me, but um, it, it does look like they're further ahead um, than Google is. Obviously, that's the, the acquisition. We all know that Google is they've had their errors and some of them are very public and very embarrassing for them in image recognition, but overall they do a pretty solid job. So when they're going and buying a, a company uh, to help enhance something like this, that's, you know, that they're about to move that leaps and bounds. Now the question becomes, I think more, uh, and I think this is to what you were saying more than, Hey, is this a, a technological leap forward? Sure it is. I mean, they, you know, obviously you integrate Google's computing power in with, with a with better image recognition, yep, you're going to end up with with some interesting stuff. Then the other question becomes a lot like the question on AI: Should we be doing this? And and maybe the the broader question is uh, on a more personal level: Exactly how creepy is it? 
um, because what essentially it's doing is allowing them to better recognize not just you and your face, which is, is great, um, you know, for, for, for a variety of different sources, but also the context that you're in. And that was a big part of what, what, what they were trying to, to acquire there is it's recognizing the context um, and not just, hey, here's, you know, Dave and, and a tree behind him, but actually start to extrapolate what is going on in a specific photo. So is Dave chopping down a tree? Is Dave, you know, walking away from a tree? You know, all of these sorts of things. So actually putting a, a context to images, well, to me, that's, also, that's creepy. As I understand it, they're also trying to uh, get a sense of how you're reacting to what you're seeing in front of you. Is Dave pissed off there's a tree behind him, or is Dave pissed off that he just found out that Google's looking at him? <laughs> well, and I think there's the broader question, and then how long until, and you know it's coming, um, you know, how long until that recognition technology is used to examine me while I'm sitting at my laptop with Google fully aware, because I'm on Chrome, what it is exactly that I'm looking at, and then starting to use my camera on my laptop or my phone to start to adjust, um, you know, their, their interpretation of what I'm looking at based on my facial expression and, and my reaction to it. So actually using my camera to adjust, uh, to, to sort of gain a, uh, an idea of what I like and what I, the internet, for example, or, or on my computer. So that's where it starts to get really creepy for me. It's bad enough when it's just image, um, you know, sort of figuring out what an image is about. I mean, that's, that's one thing. And that's, you know, in that context, I'm more or less fine with it. Um, but yeah, actually using my camera to get a, a real life context of, of what I might be looking at on the internet or, or using my camera times, I might not be fully aware of them. That obviously I have, I have some serious privacy concerns. Well, indeed, um, there's, there's no telling if Google's going to use this when you're logged into Google.com, when you follow the link from Google.com, or Google's going to use this at all. We do know currently, well, you know, Having already read your email, Google knows that you're going to uh, have a coffee with, with, with a fellow named Mark Johnson. They just want to know which Mark Johnson it is, just for, <laughs> you know. Um, no, but seriously, I mean, think of all the, uh, think of the, well, I don't know, it's been 94% of male users out there. And, uh, Bubs, you may want to cover your children's ears right now. I just can't resist saying it because, you know, I mean, guys, okay, you're, you're, you've covered your children's ears. Good. Guys, Google knows your cum face. <laughs> okay, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> On that pleasant note. That note, yeah. Um, you know what? I to, you know what? I'm, I'm going to carry us to the to the next because it is actually I think incredibly interesting and a, a big leap forward as well in things. Um, Google is starting. We we we're all familiar with the advances into quantum computing um, that are going on. They still haven't locked down fully. Um, you know whether this is actually the leap forward we think it is. Functionally speaking, we know it's a big breakthrough, but how practical it gets and, and stuff is oh. up for question. But Ask the Prime Minister, he'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to their credit, which I think is great, one of the problems that Google and, and a lot of companies have seen coming is in a world where quantum computing or that level of computing power um, you know, is, is accessible, all of a sudden all of the security mechanisms that we have at play right now become irrelevant. Um, when you can now take a look at our encryption keys and our encryption systems now, all of that completely collapses in a world where quantum computing exists. Uh, credit to them, um, Google is already starting to toy with quantum-created um, encryption keys through Chrome browser to make sure that HTTPS remains secure in a quantum world where hackers have access to quantum computing and encryption keys from by today's standards become irrelevant. So credit to them. They're, they're way ahead of the curve because that's not going to exist, um, you know, for, for at least a good couple of years in any practical way. Um, and yet they've, they're starting to do their testing on it right now. Of course, there's a, a few little questions about why they would want to have access to decryption and encryption ahead of everybody else. But, um, you know, we can leave that to them and, uh, and go, Hey, at least they're, they're making sure that the web's secure um, in their own little way. Every time you say quantum, I think the word Schrodinger. 
I started going into my head, a uh, whole head full of jokes about, you know, uh, Schrodinger's security. Maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't exist, as long as you, you know. Think about the, the quantum state is things can exist in two places at the exact same time, and in fact, not actually exist at all. Um, and there's a great deal of power in that space between the two. I can't explain quantum physics. We've got to ask the Prime Minister on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I, I mean, even if you think the, the, the greatest minds in the world don't, don't realistically understand. I mean, maybe our Prime Minister does. But, uh, of course, we're joking because he was actually able to, to describe quantum computers when a reporter asked him about it, uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek. But, um yeah, I mean, this is this is a, an interesting area. I don't understand fully exactly how they can pull it off, especially given that quantum states can can change in the past, given how they're measured in the future. But you know, I'll, I'll leave that to people way smarter than me. Um, what else do we got? Okay, we've got you know what, and thanks to uh, you know a, a guy we we've just mentioned here, Mr. Mark Johnson. Um, I never know whether it's Johnson or Johnstone. I should probably get that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll ask him about that when uh, when we're meeting up. Um, antivirus. Um, Avast just bought AVG uh, for a whopping AVG. For people who don't know, is basically a, a more or less free. There were paid versions, but more or less a free antivirus uh, software system. I'd used it for years. I, I don't now, but I, I did use it for uh, for a good chunk of time. Um, and they just purchased them for $1.3 billion. So I have a hunch when you put a price tag like that on a service that's fundamentally free, we're going to see that it's not going to be free (laughs) anymore because I don't, I don't see paying, uh, paying that amount of money, um, to, to continue to offer free. I I may be completely wrong. Maybe they have a a different monetization strategy in play, but, um, it's going to be interesting. So thanks to Mark for, uh, for the tidbit of news. What they do have now uh, with this purchase is um, 400 million or so devices are using um, the APG antivirus software. 160 million of them are telephones or cell phones or tablets, so they're mobile devices. 240 million of them are desktops. I don't know what you get to... um, with access to that kind of information, I don't know who you would sell that information to to make back your $1.3 billion. So, yeah, I imagine you're right. Uh, your free subscription to uh, AVG probably won't be much longer. No, it did. And, and, I mean, interestingly, enough, it's funny. I said I haven't used it in years. Actually, after reading a few reviews, yeah, I do have it on my phone. Come to think of it, it's like, oh, yeah, right, my phone. My phone has antivirus on it. So, yeah, I do use it. Um, one of the things that, uh, that the article over on PC World notes on, uh, on this acquisition is, despite the fact that their most popular thing is free, um, they do have revenue from their pro versions. So they are looking in and around, I don't know what they come in at, about $100 million for, uh, for the quarter. So, um, you know, it is it does produce revenue. I, I don't know what the, oh. the costs to earn that revenue are in this case, like, I don't know what their, what their expenses were, but, you know, obviously there is a, is a model there, but you're, you're going to want to flip and, and turn that around uh, a little quicker. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Theoretically, if they're making a hundred million or so a quarter, three, uh, you know, three and a half, four years and uh, a vast hasn't paid off. Well, and, and that may be the play they're going for because, and, and this is, you know, just occurring to me now, and I, I'm not like a corporate person, certainly on, on this scale, uh, but it occurs to me, if you if you have a, a company like AVG with operating expenses of, I don't know what, let's say half earnings, right? So 50 million, and you have to look and go, okay, now if a vast purchases them, um, you know, what is the operating expense going to now be? Right. I mean, obviously, they're not going to have to pay the same 50 million to generate that revenue because they already have most of the infrastructure in place. Um, They already have the development. They already have the people. You know, yes, you're going to have to boost up a little bit your infrastructure, but not by the same amount of what AVG had to put out to earn that revenue. So it may just be a play to go, hey, you know, it's costing you 50 million to earn that 100 million. Um, you know, on our end, we already have this infrastructure to support our own product. It's going to cost us 10 million 
um, extra on top of our current infrastructure, turn that 100, and they may actually be flipping that around much faster than, say, AVG would have been earning revenue on their own. So it's, 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 an, interesting, it's an interesting play. I, I love this sort of stuff, and actually and it's one of the, the times, and it's happening more and more often lately, where I'm seeing an acquisition and I'm seeing the price tag and going, yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, that seems that seems about about fair. You know, they're buying them for a little over three years of, of revenue. Yeah, okay, that's that's about right. So you're you're actually noticing that too. I, I've seen the last few uh, weeks, maybe the last month, valuations seem to be coming back down to uh, well logical proportions. Yeah, and I mean, even where, and it's funny because we're mentioning this at a time when Microsoft just made their biggest acquisition of LinkedIn. Uh, but even that, I consider to be a, a pretty fair evaluation of of the property, given the the technology and information that they were purchasing along with it. It wasn't just the you know the LinkedIn social network. It was it was what they could do with it, and and some of the um, the additional technologies, Linda and stuff like that, that were coming along with it. So. Um, yeah, I mean, even on the larger acquisitions, I think the dollar values people are spending actually make sense in a in a real world type environment. So it's it's interesting compared to what uh, to what we were seeing before. Well, I'm hoping that a little bit of fiscal reality might might puncture, you know, it it shows in product choices and product development. So you know, come back down to earth, friends, like where the rest of us are. Join us. We should probably take a break here. It's uh, 20 minutes past the hour. We have some fun stories coming up. Uh, okay, we actually ha- what? when did it go down? We we did have listeners. I know. Well, I'm trying to look. Uh, okay, uh, hang on. No worries. We're back up again. Let me get the uh, music going. <coughs> Hold on. tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 7th of July, 2016. This is Jim Hedger, always media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, it's been a slow week. I mean, there's not a heck of a lot to report from the search world. But there's a uh, there's one thing that one article that was published at uh, Search Engine Land. I I, I, I want to comment on. You've seen the content of this article before. It was written by Patrick Stocks. Um, Patrick's a cool fella. He's a organizer of the Rally SEO Meetup Group, 
Uh, I met him in November in uh, when I was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Cool fellow. And, uh, you know, when I think his head just boiled over, having dealt with craptastic SEO practices from people who really shouldn't be practicing SEO. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, did you see this piece in uh, Search Engine Land? It was published uh, earlier today. SEO is as dirty as ever. I had seen across my radar, but then you had sent it uh, over to me pre-show, so I had a chance to, to glance through. Now I had put it on my. I need to read what, what's here because I had actually just seen a site yesterday that looked like it was spam, circa two thousand and one, and was actually ranking on local, which I, I found interesting. Um, so it was well timed for me to see this article. But why don't you take us through this? What uh, what is he talking about? Well. Okay, believe it or not, <laughs> there's a lot of craptastic SEO being practiced out there. Now, to uh, I, I, I agree with the article, incidentally. I, I think that everybody who is a practicing SEO, including the ones who don't actually know what they're doing but think they are, should really read this piece. Um, for SEOs who know what they're doing, it's a good cover of, A, some of the stuff that's still happening out there, and, you know, B, it's just good to read stuff you know is bad stuff to uh, help prepare you if you ever come across it in the ecosystem. Yeah. And also to remind you of stuff that you really shouldn't be doing. Okay. He starts off with a believe it or not statement. Whenever you see that, your eyes got to perk up because, it's, you know, when someone says believe it or not, they're probably going to say something really crazy happens, which in fact yeah. it does. Keyword stuffing and hidden text still exist out there. I mean, really, can you, can you imagine? Some people are still trying to do white text on white background and stuff keywords in there, and they think it's a good, you know, <laughs> um, they think it's a good thing to do. Because somehow it'll work. Clients. You know, people sell this to their clients. Well, and I think, you know what, I think you've hit the nail on the head, and I think we all, like, are, are in agreement on this. So that's actually where the problem is. <laughs> um, you know, we've talked about this regarding Penguin updates and, like, the cost of the, the length of them, for example, um, you know, to business owners who might have not understood the context of what they're doing. Um, and you end up with somebody performing uh, with practices like this, white on white, or, you know, those sorts of things penalties hit, it costs the business money, um, and there's you know, really nothing they can do in, until they get it back. Often a very, very costly and very, very time-consuming problem. So I think that's where this comes in. You know, we can all sort of joke about the horrible tactics that are out there. I, you know, I, I posted it on Facebook, like, look at this horrible site. In that case, though, it was the SEO site themselves, so I was totally <laughs> you know, fine with that. If you want to burn your own stuff to the ground... Hey, that's that's fine. I mean, I know you know many, and you know them too, affiliate marketers. That's just the modus operandi, right? <laughs> just up, burn it to the ground. That's fine because they got twenty more coming up behind them. Um, you know, and if you're taking that approach to things, I think that's that's fine because you're aware of the risks of what you're doing. But I think in a case like this, I feel sorry for, and you know, I'm thinking of the SEO right now, but certainly in, in the you know or the SEO site that, that I saw, and I, I won't call it any names here, but um, that I actually saw using brutal, brutal strategies. Um, and, oh, you know, oh, I mean, oh, it's this, like they've got clients. Was this the guy from Victoria that was being passed around earlier today? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Like that? Was that for real? It was for real. I ended up finding it, and he actually was ranking, or, or still is, uh, for localized searches. And, and just to give a, a context of a date for our SEO listeners who might have been around for a while, uh, the page that I'd, I'd originally shared had this claim that he was operating out of thousands of cities across Canada, had only 250 clients, you know, going, I have over 250 clients that are a thousand locations. I don't know why you have a thousand locations and 250 clients, but there you go. And then just lists, just massive lists of cities, <laughs> just like, just massive. And some of them linked through and clearly the strategy was to have probably a scraped page, go to the product page. All the products are exactly the same with just like changes of numbers and stuff. The thing was it was working from a localized 
perspective. Site ranked nowhere in the organic results, but it did work on local for them. So interesting, but I haven't seen these strategies since. I I don't even know the last time I I saw a strategy like that. Probably about 99, 2000. That like, hey, let's put a list of cities and then rank them just to rank for all the cities that we serve. But uh, when uh, when I'm back out there again in October, Mm -hmm. and Mark Johnson, we've got to put on our darkest suits. Get fedoras and sunglasses. <laughs> we visit this guy. Okay. We got to stand there, but he opens the door. We got to stand there with our arms crossed to just look at him. <laughs> just shake our head. After that, but so far the fantasy is a lot of fun. Okay, well, there's other stuff that goes out there. Yeah, it happens out there. That's crazy that Patrick mentions. And again, I think it's totally worth mentioning so that SEOs out there know about it and uh, so that, you know, People who aren't SEOs who might be listening to the show know what to look out for. Mm-hmm. By the way, with that last tactic, with uh, with, with hidden text, mm-hmm. for newer SEOs, every time you get a website that you're looking at, every new every new page in a website you're not familiar with, really quickly hit Control-A. That will basically highlight everything that's been put on that page. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and that way you get to you know, see if there's any hidden stuff. Um, Control-A is, your, is one of your best friends. Use it every time you're looking at a new page. If you're working with an agency or you're working in a, in a larger organization that actually has has salespeople, you got to be awfully, if you're the SEO, you got to be awfully careful to make sure they're actually representing a service you can you can offer. Yeah, yeah. Again, wait. Salespeople often sort of run off at the mouth. They get the sale and they leave, leave, leave you holding a bag you really can't hold. Mm-hmm. So careful about that. Um, if you're somebody who's contracting SEO services, watch out for absurd, ridiculous contracts. There's a, there's some SEOs who operate under the shady sort of practice where they pretty much own all the content. They own the website. They, they own, they host the website on their own servers. And when the client wants out of the contract, they, um, they're welcome to leave, but they can't leave with any other stuff. Right. And that's not cool. Um, if you're a customer, get all of the passwords. Insist on having passwords to everything. You may never use them but insist on having them. And you should use them to make a backup of your own stuff at least once a week just in case something like this happens. It'll most certainly happen if your SEO company is using their own content management system. If somebody says, I'm going to build you a content management system that's better than anything else out there, better than Drupal, better than WordPress, chances are they're not going to, and they're going to hold your content hostage at the end of your end of your contract, so don't go there. Um, again, uh, Patrick mentions not turning over account logins. Like, seriously, if you're the client and you're paying for this, that directory kind of belongs to you. Um, even with your PPC accounts, like... If you're, an, if you're a search engine marketer and you're not letting your client into the PPC accounts, then you either don't trust your client or they shouldn't trust you. You know a lot more PPC than, 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 than I do, Dave. What do you think? Would you, uh, would you let clients poke around in that back end? Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to ask them not to, but I uh, entirely agree with what your complaint here is. Um, like when I'm setting things up, and, and this is me, I, I do understand there's different models to it, but I will get basically the client to set up their account and then share it with my Google account with a clear, please look around all you like, but please don't touch anything while you're in there. But it is their account. It is billed under them. It is like basically I keep everything under the client's ownership. So at the end, if they decided, hey, I hate this Dave guy, it's them that owns this thing. It's not mine because, well, like like you, I, I you know, I, I charge them. <laughs> like, I charge them for the time I'm doing stuff. I charge them barely, um, you know, for, for, for both, for people on both sides. And I just charge them by the hour, not percentage. And I do understand that's, that's different. I have no problem with charging percentage of revenue or, or whatnot as long as it's, you know, 
up front. Um, but yeah, I have seen cases and they drive me nuts. Um, and it happened when a client was trying to come to me, they'd been running a paid search campaign for, for ages. I actually wasn't being brought in to run their paid search campaign. I was being brought in to do organic, but when I would like to see your paid search campaign so I can actually get a better understanding of what's going on. Um, with keywords on your site and, and what's happening. Um, and this is before the, the full, you know, the substantial integration with Google Analytics. And, and they said no. And I'm like, but the client's giving you money <laughs> for this, right? Like, no, it's proprietary. Not proprietary. I can use SpyFu to grab this data. Come on. Anyway, yes, it frustrates me. It does belong to the client as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't like that um, when, when I see that happen. Um, you know, if you're hiding something from your client, you know, you shouldn't be. And if it's quote unquote proprietary, maybe the mechanisms to control the bidding is or, or something like that. Like maybe you have, you know, significant software helping you out. That's fine, but they need to actually be able to see their adverse data um, or any data in, involving what, uh, what you're doing for them. So, um, you know, yeah, I, 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 to your, to your point, yeah, I don't like when I see anything hidden like that from, from clients. I think they have a right to see it. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, again, I just go, please don't touch anything while I'm here. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, yeah, you can see the disaster that would cause. Um, and you can share. Like, I, I have no problem if you're like, hey, I'm just going to share read only, right, in, in certain areas. Hey, no problem. I don't want you touching stuff and then asking me why my work isn't, you know, going well, right, or, or something like that. But, but the client should be able to see what they're talking about. And at the end of the day, if they leave, it, they should be the one to own it. Unless, you know, I can see specific, we will own this as part of the agreement. Okay, that's, that's fine as long as you're not trapping them, as long as it's a, this is a rental of content or it's a rental of whatever. Um, you know, but, a, but a, you know, a, a scenario. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, and I think, I think one of the words you used was, was kind of, you know, prescient. And that's, or phrases you use, and that's at the end of the day, because, I mean, let's face it, we have a service to client we have service to client businesses, and all days end. As all engagements will end. Yeah. The client, hopefully, if you've done your job well, still exists, and they're still doing business. Um, and so are you, by the way, because you're one of the beauties of, of our of our businesses is when one engagement ends, there's always two or three more coming up the pipeline. So we have a pretty high turnover when it comes to uh, client services. I go through. Um, easily a dozen clients a year. I want to retain them, but, you know, there's other ones coming in. The ones who are leaving, it's, I think it's really important. They leave with more knowledge than they came with, and that, again, I'm only, as you said, we're only leasing this content for a little while. It's not actually mine. I'm just, you know, you're using my time to work on it, but still your, your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You paid for it. It's yours. Um, there's more out there, and uh, we're going to have to burn through, actually, because it's, you know, we have about 20 minutes left from the show, uh, five minutes before we got to go to commercial. Private blog networks, paid links, and spam. It's been, what, four years, five years now since Google's really cracked down on link spam, on, uh, on blog spam, on... Uh, Guess what? Best blogging was two and a half years ago, three years ago. Yeah, and it's still all out there. Link networks still. I mean, link networks are amazing, and I've seen. I mean, I'm 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 getting this off of uh, Patrick's article, but I've seen some big, really well-known names who I ain't gonna name here, but they're out there doing these god-awful link networks. It's depressing. Oh, I know. I know. Um, and we all know them. And it is a, it, it's surprising when you see it and you're like, really? Them? Right? Like when it, it's companies that are sizable and they should know better well, um, engaged in, in practices like that. Moreover, some of these big companies are big names in the SEO world who are doing this. I mean, mm -hmm. let's face it. A link network will and you know, a whole bunch of backlinks, culture sculpture will get you very good short-term results. It's going to happen. Yeah, but there's a really high likelihood—not 100%. I'd get away with it. 
the meddling kids might not be around the corner. <laughs> Probably are when you're talking about, talking about Google. And that's the thing, eh? with, with, with link practices, you can't say with 100% definite, this will happen if you do that. You will be penalized. Well, the truth is, I don't know. Same with removing links. Like, uh, you know, when you, do, when, when, when you get a new client, you do a link on it, you see all these crazy links, right? And you do the mm-hmm. responsible thing and you remove them, right? Yep. Some people have built a business. They're calling them penguin uh, recovery businesses. Now, that's, if you see a penguin recovery business out there, beware. There's nothing to recover from right now because they haven't released a damn update. <laughs> so if somebody's going to help you recover from the pen, penguin penalty, they're probably lying. And they're probably going to take your entire link network and just help your sculpture their way through it, removing stuff so that they have a reason to bill you. Beware of this stuff. It's, it's like uh, the old old um, link submission service or URL submission services of old that is still being sold out there as SEO. Yeah. Um, I get cleanup jobs like this too. I, you know, in the initial interview, you, you got the client and you finally got, a, got around to talking to like a, a CTO or somebody on their tech team who knows what they're talking about. And then you find out that the reason that, that you that they came to you in the first place was because someone dumped a whole bunch of backlinks and they don't know where to find them. Right. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Cause yeah, just, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot. You didn't keep the list, did you? <laughs> and sometimes they don't. And it's like, oh, well, now I have to increase my bill by, you know depends on the number of links, but like at least a good few hours, generally a few dozen, because now I need to hunt them all down, crawl them and all that. So anyway, the newest person in any given SEO office is going to be having a bad day. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to be doing that. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) We got time to look through this, you know what, actually, it depends on the scenario when I am dealing with penalties. Okay, the crawling and stuff, not so much. But the actual hands-on, all right, we need to decide which ones to get rid of. I can't help myself, Jim. I just can't help it. Oh, I no, need no, no, to no. look. Well, when you're doing it, that's different. I'm talking about doing a cleanup job from somebody else's mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. When you're doing it, that's different. <laughs> but on the cleanup jobs, come on, you are not calling uh, 200 different businesses. <laughs> Thank you. Please, can we, could you please put the link back? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, okay. How about when the no index tag is added in the head section? You ever see that? You know, you, you're looking through source code, and you, you see um, rel equals no index? Mm-hmm. And you think, WTF? Why would somebody do this? This is a page that should be indexed. And you find out that, you know, um, I don't know, something like, say, in WordPress, uh, somebody forgot to change the setting. Um, watch out for that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have here? Canonical tags. Reusing content. That's a fun one. There's a company out there. I'm not going to name names again, but... I don't like them, and they're a very, very large company that does that uh, quite notoriously. Now, are, um, they, are they a company that are serving a niche group? Like, say, they're serving lawyers or they're uh, serving auto salesmen or something? Uh, they can. They also do uh, some very, very large web properties on a wide swath um, of content types. And then, uh, basically, the agreement is you're renting it, and when uh, when you leave... They put that content somewhere else and redirect from your site to theirs, right? Like it's it's, it's a horrible setup. Anyway, uh, it, I, I won't name names because I you know I, I don't want to do that. But if you get offered that, people in the listening audience, if you get offered this opportunity to rent content and they're going to redirect, but just avoid it. <laughs> just avoid it like the plague. So why are they throwing like some JFrame just sort of hanging in the in the on the foreground of the website and redirecting through that? No, they're actually like they own when you like under their agreement, they own this content. So when you leave, they remove their content 
they then put that content up on other sites. Like they actually go in when they have a new buyer for that content and they put that content up and it is your obligation to redirect to that new content as, as part of the agreement. Um, it, it took some negotiations to get our client. Uh, anyway, I, I won't get, again, get into details because I don't want to name our client or, or that company. Or specifically. But if you do get that kind of offer, run. It gives me a really skeevy idea that I'm never going to do, but it's an interesting idea. I, I might try this on one of my dummy sites to see if it actually works or not. Why not? Um, okay, you know what? You know what does work? What works is making money, and we got to make Cranberry a little bit of money because it's uh, quarter to the hour, and if we don't take a break now, we'll have like a two-minute third segment. So on behalf of Dave Davis for BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media, and you're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. Maybe find a listening choice. <laughs> We're going to be back in a couple minutes. Here's the commercials. Talk to you soon. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Looking for a better... Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm, rounding on our third segment on the 7th of July, 2016. And, uh, you know, out of curiosity, Dave, have you ever wondered how fast light can travel 9,000 kilometers Right across the Pacific Ocean? Well, now I am. Well, according to Google, light travels at the rate of 186,000 miles per second. Now, I have it on high authority that 9,000 kilometers is much shorter than 186,000 miles. Okay? So we know it takes less than a second to go that far. And I actually have the speed of light right in front of me, but and a calculator open, but the commercial ended, so I didn't get to do the, the maths to figure this stuff out. Point being, within a millisecond from its terminus point in, uh, in Oregon, Google is now able to communicate with two landing points, one in Chiba, the other in Mi Prefectures in Japan, having laid the fastest biggest, 
most opulent fiber, opti fiber optics network ever laid called Faster. Um, this is going to allow Google, well, it's 60, 60 terabits per second of bandwidth, 10 of which will be used for Google Cloud services, 50 of which are, well, now part of the great global internet backbone. I think I have a lot of stories like this. I just think it's really neat. They just laid like a massive fiber optics cable, 9,000 kilometers long, and in milliseconds, communication can happen. <laughs> me away. Yeah, I mean, this is, these are the, are the are the great stories, and this is why I mean, you know, what we we rag. I mean, I, I certainly did. Heck, I did it earlier in the show, like rag on Google for some of the privacy things and, and legitimately so. Um, at the same time, you end up with these enormous advances um, that come from, from, the same, from the same company. So credit where it's due. I mean, not just on the quantum computing thing, you know, which we were talking about earlier, um, but this is just another one of those kind of awesome feats um, that gets done because, well, let's be honest, because there's money in it. But... <laughs> um, it's, it's a feat of human engineering and if you live anywhere near Los Angeles the Bay Area, Portland or Seattle which actually like means you Dave you're going to have way faster communications with, uh, with India, with uh, Japan, with China and with anyone across the Pacific yeah now yeah. I don't know if any of us or you know, us, us home users will notice that increase in speed I mean, I suppose it depends on the size of the file you're downloading. Um, you know, uh, but Google and the amount of data being processed by Google and other major tech firms, you know, imagine, imagine the amount of data processed between Facebook and Japan. Yeah. So uh, the web is going to get faster. Again, when we'll notice it at home, I'm not so sure, but users think about how things like uh, virtual reality will be using so much more bandwidth in the near future. Mm -hmm. Even today, uh, uh, autoplay videos in your mobile devices, how much of your uh, bandwidth cap gets used just by, by autoplay. Imagine the uh, strain on the global backbone. Indeed. So this is really cool. We've got time for like one more story, and this is the... Uh, I, the anomaly, the quirkiness of Google Maps explained. I thought that was kind of cool. You sent this one over about the uh, airplane that's not actually in Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for our, our, our folks. And, and it is an interesting one, Jim. You can kind of chuckle because I'm over on uh, on a Fox News site and I'm reading some news there, uh, which doesn't happen very often. But today I am. Uh, and, yeah, Google Earth had been had been – sort of, you know, while well, scanning the earth. Um, and, and I got a little insight into how exactly it works and where the issues are from, from this glitch that was in the, in the system. Um, anyway, basically, you can see, and it appears to be under the water um, near Tampa Bay, um, an airplane um, that, is, that is, by all intents and, and, and purposes, from what you can see, submerged um, in the water. Now, it's not. Um, and, you know, Google's come out going, this actually is, you know, it's a real image. What you're seeing is actually true. But what's really interesting um, to me in learning a little bit more about how the maps are done is every image of every sort of square foot of Earth is actually a compilation of a large number of images. And when you end up with a large, fast-moving body, like an airplane, um, captured in one of them. It doesn't happen all the time, obviously. Otherwise, we, we'd have seen we'd be seeing this all over the maps. But occasionally, um, one of the, the the sort of pieces of the image, as they're overlaid on top of each other and sort of extrapolated to create the final product, will include a shadow of one of the images. And and that's what we're seeing here is that this this plane, and because it's sort of a plane in one of the images, and then like thirty more of them with water, it ends up looking like this plane is underwater. Um, in fact, it's not, but it was an interesting sort of learning experience for me in, in practicality of how these maps are generated. I knew there were multiple layers, but actually seeing when you see an error like this, it gives you the opportunity to go, 
ah, okay, I, I see a little more. I have an example of how this works and, and sort of how these things are overlaying because I can see a glitch in it. And it's, it's interesting. And yes, but there is no plane sunken, even if you see it passing around, which apparently it's rampantly going around the web right now. As, as it turns out, this plane that, that appears to be in uh, Tampa Bay, if you look at it, you'll look at it and pull back, you'll notice that it's actually on the flight path of Tampa International Airport. What happened is they were taking satellite, the satellite was shooting from above as a plane was flying either into or out of Tampa, Bay, Tampa Airport. Mm-hmm. And it's just, the, as, as, as you explained, it's the residue images superimposed above each other as the satellite was taking its shots, click, 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 click probably faster than that. Um, yeah, so the, the appearance of the plane underwater. There's uh, other examples, weird uh, sand patterns in Nevada and Chile. Um, apparently there was a glitch that created a Batman logo in Japan, odd structures in Egypt. And the one that's mentioned here is actually true, and I want to see it, I've never seen it myself, but I, 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 I've actually you know seen pictures of it. Somebody put a Welcome to Cleveland sign right on top of the building beside Milwaukee Airport. <laughs> I know the one you're talking about. It's great. Now, it's great. I, I don't know if you've ever been to Milwaukee or Cleveland. Um, you know what? If I was landing in Cleveland, I would be sorely disappointed to see it. <laughs> I mean, sign. Welcome to, uh, to a Milwaukee sign. Similarly, if I was landing in Milwaukee, I would be very, very disheartened to see a Welcome to Cleveland sign. In either case, I'd wonder what I was doing. Um, speaking of Cleveland, we've only got a couple seconds left, but all eyes on Cleveland, especially on the uh, digital marketing end of things. It's going to be nutty there in a couple weeks. Mm. The Republican National Convention is happening in Cleveland. Um, incidentally, any Clevelanders who need refuge in Toronto, don't call. Um, or you can call, whatever. i got a big backyard. You can pitch tents. It'll be a, it'll be a big party. Um, <laughs> But more interestingly, watch the advertising friends. It's about to get wild. I can hear the yeah. background music. It's not a lot to, not a lot to uh, go on there. And besides, we're going to get all political if I do. So I'm not going to. What of Dave Davies from Talking to the Marketing? This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 7th of July, 2016. Stick around your uh, internet radio dials there, my friends. Amazing content coming up on Cranberry after the news. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 